Our chapter for today is John chapter 3. This is perhaps one of the most well-known chapters in all the Bible. Uh, in it, we read about Jesus' interaction with the Pharisee Nicodemus, telling him of his need to be born again. In it, we also read what is, without a doubt, perhaps the most well-known verse in the Bible, namely John 3.16. There is a lot to, to see in this chapter. Uh, and Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus is the setting for most of the insights. So let's consider Jesus' teaching to Nicodemus in detail. Let's think first about being born again. Uh, like I said, the, the chapter begins with a very famous conversation. Uh, in it, Jesus has an extensive conversation with a particular Pharisee named Nicodemus uh, about the reality of spiritual regeneration or being born again. In the conversation, Jesus will describe to Nicodemus both the necessity and the nature of being born again. We'll consider uh, both of these things momentarily, but we need first to think about uh, what the passage leads us to think about Nicodemus himself. Consider the flow of John's gospel at this point. Consider how the previous chapter, that is chapter 2, ended. It ended with a, a brief assertion in verse 24 that Jesus knew all people and that, quote, he himself knew what was in man. He himself knew what was in man, verse 25. We had already seen that ability demonstrated in chapter 1 with his interaction with Nathaniel. Jesus knew so much about Nathaniel that it left Nathaniel asking Jesus, How do you know me? 148. And we're led to believe that Jesus possesses that same ability with this Pharisee Nicodemus, just as he did with Nathaniel. But there's an intentional play on the word man in the last verse of chapter 2 and the first verse of chapter 3, leading us to believe this. Chapter 2 ends again by saying, For he himself knew what was in man. And chapter 3 immediately begins saying, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Jesus knew what was in man, even this man, the Pharisee Nicodemus. We're told that Nicodemus came to Jesus uh, at night, verse, chapter 3, verse 2. Uh, and he was evidently intrigued by uh, what he had heard about Jesus, and he wanted to know more about him, so he came at night. It's interesting for a couple of reasons. One of the, the, most, the most obvious reason why John says this is perhaps because Nicodemus did not want to be seen by the other Pharisees talking with Jesus. Uh, as we've seen in the other Gospels, and we'll see very clearly in this one too, the Pharisees did not have the warmest place or softest spot in their hearts for Jesus. Nicodemus appearing to be friendly with Jesus could have put him out of step with and jeopardized his standing among the other Pharisees. So he came by night rather than the middle of the day. It's also possible, though, that John is intending his by night comment to say something more about Nicodemus himself, the state of his heart. It's kind of another play on words. Considering that the conversation quickly turns to the topic of the need his need, as in all of our needs, for spiritual regeneration for salvation, that is, to be born again, it is entirely possible, if not probable, that by night, Nicodemus came to him by night, is a commentary on the spiritual darkness of his heart at this point. And as Jesus talks to Nicodemus, he teaches him two overarching truths. Uh, 
one, the necessity of being born again, and two, the nature of being born again. So let's consider both of those things briefly. The first words out of Jesus' mouth in this conversation with Nicodemus have to do with the necessity of being born again in order to be saved and see the kingdom of God, chapter 3, verse 3. Nicodemus asks Jesus for a sign, but Jesus knows that no sign he gives will do Nicodemus any good if he doesn't have the spiritual ability to recognize it and receive it. So instead of giving Nicodemus the sign that he asked for, Jesus simply tells him that in verse 3 that unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He will reiterate this Two verses later, when he tells Nicodemus again in verse 5, unless he is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And again, he tells Nicodemus in verse 7, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So three times in this passage, um, we're taught about the necessity of being born again. Simply put, a person cannot be saved and see the kingdom of God unless something happens to him or happens to give him spiritual life. No amount of religious activity can compensate for a spiritually dead heart toward God. Paul will teach us that we are, again, Ephesians 2, 1, dead in our trespasses and sins. And again, Jesus himself will teach this later in this very chapter that we, that, uh, we come into this world, uh, seeing verse, uh, see chapter 3, verse 18, and then all, also down in verse 36, he says we come into this world condemned already. There is something wrong with our hearts that separate us from God and make us unfit for the kingdom of God and, and unable to receive it. God must do something in our hearts and to our hearts. He must make us fit and able to see and receive the kingdom. This is the message he is giving to Nicodemus. But Nicodemus is stymied by what Jesus means by all this talk about being born again, he just does not understand it. Jesus' explanation to him teaches us a good bit about the nature of being born again. Consider some of the things we learn. First, Jesus makes it clear to Nicodemus that this is not something new he's talking about, but this is something revealed clearly in the Old Testament that he should already know about. Jesus, in fact, uh, expresses surprise that Nicodemus wouldn't know about these things, being a teacher of Israel, verse 10. Jesus could rightly expect Nicodemus to know fully what he was talking about from his knowledge of the Old Testament. In fact, the need for regeneration and a spiritually new heart for faith and faithfulness has been true since the beginning and is amply demonstrated in the Old Testament. See, for example, Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, Psalm 51, verses 10 through 12, Ezekiel chapter 11, verses 19 through 20, and Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and following. Second, he makes it clear that uh, being regenerated, being born again, is the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit. In verse 8, Jesus makes a comparison with the wind blowing. His point there is you can't see the wind, but you know the wind has blown because you see the effects of it. You hear its sound. Jesus says, so it is with everyone who is born, in the, born of the Spirit. He means by that, you can't see the Holy Spirit, but you know when the Holy Spirit is present because you see the effects of his work. That is, we believe, 
We, 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 we show faith in Christ. But notice Jesus says, the, the wind blows where it wishes. Incidentally, the Greek word for wind, pneuma, is the same Greek word for spirit. So when Jesus says the pneuma blows where it wishes, he's referring to the wind blowing, but the spirit is the clear point of the illustration. The spirit blows where he wishes. And you can't control where he works any more than you can control where the wind blows. But you definitely know where he has worked by the effects produced in the people in whom he has worked. Just as you know the wind's blowing because you see, you hear it and you see the leaves moving. And finally, for one last note on Jesus' teaching about regeneration here, it's regeneration that brings about faith in Jesus for salvation. Is it any wonder that John presents Jesus laying the groundwork, this groundwork on spiritual rege regeneration of the heart and being born again uh, before he spends essentially the remainder of the chapter on the, the importance of believing. It was also to Nicodemus after this teaching on the need for gener regeneration that Jesus said uh, in verse uh, later in the chapter, and as Moses lifted up the serpent, in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that all who believe in him may have eternal life. And it was to Nicodemus that Jesus uttered the famous words of verse 16, promising that all who believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus spoke to Nicodemus about what enables a man to believe, regeneration, being born again, before he speaks to him about believing. John would continue uh, the emphasis on believing throughout the remainder of the chapter, and will, in fact, for the rest of the gospel, the last uh, verse of the chapter reiterates uh, the promise that the one who believes in the Son has eternal life. And so as you consider all these things in your study today, examine your own heart and life and ask yourself two questions. One, do I see fruit in my life of the Holy Spirit at work in me? And two, am I believing and trusting in Jesus alone for my hope and salvation? Those are the things that Jesus would lead you, just like he led Nicodemus, to think about from John chapter 3.